The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, I'm thankful that uh, you use somebody to put that prayer into a song, and that we can pray that today. Uh, Lord, I do pray for those of us that maybe are struggling to get on the other side of the pain right now and just going through, through difficulty. Lord, help us to see that the day comes when we sing this song that uh, we're thankful. And, and even though w what your will is right now is difficult to handle, um, that you use these things in our lives. Great are you, God. May you be lifted up in our presence this day, I pray in your name. Amen. And you may be seated. Before I get started today, I wanted to, I, don't, I didn't want to forget to say this. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we'll do communion. And our tradition around here is when we uh, observe the Lord's Supper, we also take a benevolent offering, uh, one that can be used to help the uh, uh, needs of folks. Uh, there's a family that uh, most of you have probably heard about that uh, had a terrible accident on uh, New Year's Eve. Sorry, I have to uh, refresh myself with the name Clevin. I hope I'm saying that right. But Brooke and Christopher Clevin, uh, it's the family where they wrecked into the pond and two of the children were lost. Uh, the, uh, the baby, Hendrick, I think is doing pretty well now. The mother is still in the uh, recovery process. But uh, Jeannie Kanabi actually is in small group with the mom at a BSF, at a, a Bible study fellowship. And uh, she, um, my understanding is they're relatively new to the area. They've connected there some, but they don't really have a church family in the area. So I thought we would designate, or the elders and I thought we'd designate the offering next week, the benevolent offering, to go to the fund to help out that family. But I wanted to give you a little heads up on that, that uh, next week's benevolent fund offering uh, will go uh, to fund uh, to help that family out. I think a lot of that is being channeled through their former church, which is somewhere out uh, Iowa or Nebraska or something like that. So, okay, you ready? You ready? <laughs> ready to go? This is a pretty, uh, pretty good. I thought maybe you know it'd be cold. People would stay in today. Look, look, looking pretty good. Uh, though I did see. Are you starting to warm up in here? As I was walking around before, people were shivering and, and complaining. But now it's starting to get a little toastier in here, I could tell. So, so you should be asleep in no time at all, I think. Uh, we are going to talk about this idea here. As we've been talking about that idea of abiding in Christ. Uh, we started in John chapter 15. We are the branches. We are to be the branch. We are to be connected to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. What we're really going to focus on this week and next is that point if you want to say, uh, we'll call it the joint, that place where the branch connects to the vine. Because if there is no connection there, if we are not connected, then we are sticks. We don't want to be sticks. Uh, we, want to be, we want to be branches. So therefore, you know, how can we work on strengthening that connection? And as we look at that, understand that if we're going to do that, if we're going to build that connection, we are going to build our faith because it is our trust and our faith in Him uh, that is at the, at the core of that connection to God. It is all about our faith. I've mentioned this before, but I, I hope we'll, we'll remember this idea. If we visualize the Christian life following Jesus and we're going down a path here following Him and we come to a fork in the road and the one road has a sign that says, pleasing God. 
pleasing God. This is the way you want to go because you want to please God. And the other side says trusting God. And we have to make a choice which way we want to go. There's a tendency in me and I think in many of us to say, well, you, of course you go the pleasing God route. That other way seems a little easy. It seems like going the soft way. I ought to focus on pleasing God. That's where I have to go. We think we're going to head down that way. But I think if we understood better, we would know, and the Scripture says that without faith it is impossible to please God. So I actually think we, if we start down that road of trusting God and learning to trust Him more, eventually we come around to pleasing God. If we start down that other road and say, I've got to work harder at pleasing God, a lot of times what we end up with is, uh, you know, we're going to just keep faking it till we make it. We're going to keep trying over and over again, and we're kind of frustrated over there. So we want to talk about the idea of building our faith. And before we get into today's text, which is in the uh, book of Hebrews chapter 4, um, there was a survey, I feel like uh, Steve Harvey here for a second, but uh, there was a survey taken uh, among uh, several of the major churches in the country, and uh, they asked them, what is the thing that God has used most to build your faith? And uh, they, uh, they concluded that there are top five answers are going to be on the board, okay? And uh, these top five answers actually are far and away uh, the winners. There are no particular order, but these are the things that they said. These are the things that God has used in my life to strengthen my faith or build that connection that I have to Him. Okay, the first one of them uh, is practical teaching. Okay, uh, just God has brought somebody in my life with the ability to share the Word of God and, and has uh, taught me uh, that probably, in this case, they're thinking more of a pastor or a you know, national teacher, a podcast, or something, somewhere, somebody is teaching me the Word of God and helping me with that, or maybe it's through the written Word, maybe it's through a book, but I'm growing in that way. The second thing is, we'll just go with the second and third because uh, I have a little difficulty pressing. Actually, what I do instinctively, the receivers, just so you understand my problem, the receivers back there, and instinctively, I put it down here and click. If I would put it up here and click, that would make sense. Uh, but anyway, the second one there, private disciplines. Now, we could add to this list of many different things that people have found is a, is a personal discipline in their life that helps them grow. But the two major ones we used to think about are reading the Bible and prayer. So we'll kind of think about that idea that God is going to use my time spent in His Word. And God is going to use as I learn to pray and talk to Him. Uh, the third thing is provisional relationships. Uh, pastors got together and put this list together, so we have to have the, uh, the alliteration in there. But uh, these are the people that God has brought into your life. I don't know about you, but when I hear this, and if you have been on this journey of following Jesus for a while, uh, you probably feel the same way. When I say that, there's faces that pop into my mind right away. That's some different people that God has used uh, to build my faith, to strengthen me in the faith. Uh, personal ministry, another thing that God uses to build and strengthen my faith is when I get involved in service. I've had people say, you know, I, I went on this missions trip and I didn't know what I was getting into, but I thought, hey, I'll go, that sounded like fun. And boy, how God used that to change my life, to draw me to Him. Or I plugged into this ministry of church and tried to serve in this way or in the community and God used that. And the, uh, the last one is pivotal circumstances, which the song that we just sang, the, the scars, really fits this perfectly. Uh, usually, these pivotal circumstances, when we're going through these things in our lives, we're struggling with uh, God's plan. 
These are not usually circumstances that we're crazy about. So we're struggling with them, but then we can see how God takes these things and uses them to reveal himself to us, to draw us close to him, to teach us to trust him. If you go back, that, if you're not familiar with that song we just sang, it's called Scars. If you, if you look that up, go through it. It really just tells the story and takes it through us, uh, takes us through that. Okay, so anyway, as we look at these five, uh, I want to back up for a second. Uh, the pivotal circumstances is, uh, you know, something that is, as far as us having a say when they come into our lives, we, we seldomly do. Uh, personal ministry is going to be a big focus of our church when we get into the be the church part. We really jump into that in the, in the month of March. Okay, looking for uh, involvement and service and sharing God's love and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The... Uh, Provisional relationships is going to be an emphasis that we hit in February when we talk about being the body, the importance of other people, uh, role in our lives. But for this month of January, as we have looked at the idea of being the branch and connecting, really focusing on those top two up there, practical teaching and private disciplines. Now, there is something that we, uh, we joined uh, actually about five years ago now that can really help us in the area of the of the practical teaching, uh, we joined an organization called Right Now Media. And it has been brought to my attention, actually by several sources, that I have done an absolutely terrible job of explaining and promoting this or knowing that it's available. I bet some of you are sitting in there now and says, I don't know what that man's even talking about. So I thought it might be wise, instead of me doing a lousy job of promoting it again, to let somebody else share with you for a couple of minutes and do a, a little commercial for Right Now Media. So uh, Jason Bell, come on up. Uh, he was telling me that, uh, first of all, he was one who said I did a lousy job of promoting it. But uh, then he also said, <laughs> as he discovered it and dug into it, uh, he found some things that have been helpful. So I'll go ahead and put that list up there, Jason. These are uh, some of the topics, and now I'll be quiet for a second. Okay, so when Dan started and James and others had first started talking about the Right Now Media thing, I'll be honest, I, they started, it was like a Christian Netflix. And to me, I personally, I started thinking about some of the old movies and stuff that we used to watch growing up. I don't know if some of you guys heard, like, the, the Cross and the Switchblade, um, Super Christian. Some of the other ones, I'm like, I had no interest in going and watching those again. And I didn't think my family would necessarily be into those. And I pretty much let it come in one year or the other, a nodded, polite nod, like, oh, yeah, that's great. And we went on. And I never went to the website, never pulled it up or anything else. Some things happened in my life over the last year or so that I started getting more of a desire to dig in and to learn more and to try to just personally just to grow, but also to help my family and disciple and stuff. And I approached Dan and James both about, you know, like, what can I do? Where's some different materials? What can, you know, what can, the kind of things I look at? And James had mentioned, and Dan had mentioned, hey, look at that right now media. And then once I was talking to James on the phone, and I was actually driving, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at this right now media. I don't think it's gonna be the right fit at all, but I went ahead and pulled off and I pulled over. I did not text and drive. I did not internet and drive. I pulled over, but I pulled off and I pulled up the website right away and just looked at it. And boy, was I, feel, I felt really foolish. Because it was, it, as far as navigating through the website, it's a lot like Netflix. It's brilliant that way. It's easy to navigate the sites or anything else, but the content that's in there is anything you're looking for that you want to help grow yourself as a Christian. If you want God to speak to you, if you want somebody else to come into your home and help disciple you or your family, right now media is a great tool that you should use and should look at. Um, there's different things. He's got a bunch of different topics, books of the Bible. I've gone through one about halfway through on the book of Mark guy by the name of Francis Chan. Phenomenal. 
Uh, if you want to see a guy who is excited about the Bible, if you want to see a guy that, that loves Jesus, and he'll take you to different parts of the world and make it relevant to the culture of what was happening, great ones to go through. But if you look up books of the Bible, there's going to be tons of different authors. There's literally thousands of different studies and stuff on there. There's studies for women, there's studies for men. You can pop up and you can just hit at the very top, it's easy, hit kids. And there's just tons of stuff on there for kids. Some of it's VeggieTales and some of it's like Bible stories or anything. So there's good ones on there. There's ones for youth. There's ones for marriage, for parenting, for apologetics. Uh, a, cool, a cool one. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of kids. Um, there's a lot of people and a lot of kids. And if you're sending your kids to public school today, it's not like it was when I was growing up. When I went to school, they still taught creation. They taught evolution and creation. They gave you both sides, and you kind of let you form your own decision. And we, we were blessed that way. Our kids in our public schools today, I don't know about Edwardsburg, but in Indiana, they don't teach creation at all. In fact, it's very much a downplayed. Um, they're made to feel stupid, and they don't have the freedom and the ability to really reach out on that. We came, I came across one I thought was really cool. It's discovering the book of Genesis. And you would think that this thing was made by Discovery Channel and put on television. It's so sharp. And you go through different ones in there. It talks about design. It talks about DNA. They go through, and you can see um, the flood. How would you like to see how, from a Christian scientist perspective, how did the Grand Canyon form? Does it make sense? They gave you great detail. Um, dinosaurs, ah, dinosaurs, right? That's cool, right? Where does dinosaurs fit in the Bible? They have stuff like that, and it goes right through. You want to look at different topics on the Bible. How is the Bible laid out? I was in church my entire life. I, I believe I went straight from the hospital to church. My dad was a pastor. You guys know that. I went to church 10 times a week, whether we needed to or not. If the door was open, we were there. I went to Christian school for part of my time. I went to some Bible college. I learned stuff from Bruce Wilkinson. Maybe you guys know him. He was the author of that book, um, Prayer of Jabez. Yes, Prayer of Jabez. He put on their series on the survey of the Bible and how it's laid out. I learned stuff I never heard going through Sunday school or Bible college. Brilliant stuff and how the Bible actually is laid out. Did you know it's not actually laid out in the order of what it happened, but it's actually different types of books? It's great, great ways to go. So if you want to bring discipleship into your home. If you want to learn on a personal level, on a family level, I encourage you to do this. If you're going to do this for your family, I encourage you to go first and pre-screen. Because you might click on something and your family is like, what did you get me into? Because some, some of them are, there's nothing wrong with this, but you get a guy in a suit and tie and giving a regular three-point sermon. Great. The next guy might be in shorts and you may not like it. So there's different ones. Find out what would be applicable to what you want to do with your family. Walk them through it. But it is a great benefit that the church has provided. It's free of charge. And it's uh, very family friendly. So I, I encourage anybody to try it. Okay. As Jason said, it is free. There is uh, an information as to how you can get a link in the bulletin today. Also, I have this little sign-up sheet. And no pen. But if you bring a pen up here and put your name on here, if you don't want to go online and sign up, I'll leave this up there if you want to get the link so that you can uh, connect into that. But I really have done, uh, it is a great resource, and I've done a terrible job of letting you know about it. So hopefully you'll investigate that and see some of the things available. Available. Or available, either way. Okay, you ready? Time to look at our text. Okay, it's, i got to get going here. It's a little bit shorter sermon time here. And this is really, i got to tell you, this is a good sermon. I do uh, nothing to do with me, but it really is some, some great things we're, we're going to look at here. So uh, we are going to look at the book of Hebrews, and I went ahead and put the uh, verses up here today again, just so that uh, make sure we can follow along here. But I wanted to start with what I have in red, which is verse number twelve. If you have been 
uh, in church world for a while. And when, when I say that, please never feel embarrassed if you haven't. I am so excited that you're here. I just realized for a lot of people, you know, they're, they've, they've been around for a while and they say, you know, that verse number 12, that one that's in red, I know that one. I've got a coffee cup at home that has that on there. I've got a poster at home that has that. I memorized that or we did with the kids or whatever like that. For the Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Many of you know that and you, you may know that uh, you know, pretty well. But I think we can get even a better grasp of it if we take a little look at the context. Because look at that first verse. <laughs> if you're reading along, it says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. You got that? Life-changing verse, isn't it? Okay, when you first read it, you think, Okay, wait a minute, I didn't even know that was there. What in the world is that talking about? You see, the first word of our next verse, that word for, our little English lesson for the day is, for can be a preposition or can be a conjunction. If it's a conjunction, it means because. So it is saying, here's why you ought to do this first thing. Here's why you ought to strive to enter into that rest. We're going to go back to that in a second here, see what it's talking about. Uh, because the Word of God is this. Okay, so what are we supposed to do because the Word of God is quick and powerful, because it is alive in our lives, because it is active and living, what are we supposed to do? Well, he says what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to enter into rest. Okay, does that mean take a nap? Well, exactly what does that mean? If you go back and you look at Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4, what it's talking about is the time when the nation of Israel had disobeyed God when they were to move into the promised land, and they didn't. They did not obey the word of the Lord. In fact, back in chapter 3 and verse number 17, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and here's this statement, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, because this is what you have done. So today, if you hear, obey. Then in chapter 3, verse 15, we have a repeat. The same verse appears. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. When you get into chapter 4, verse number 7, there it is again. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So he's saying, hey, you haven't listened in the past. You haven't obeyed the word of God. But you need to if you want to move forward in, in following Christ. And then again, it begins with this word, for, because, you need to listen to because this word is alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing. Go to, let me go to the next verse there. And then it says, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom, to whom we must give an account. Okay, so I want to look at some things that this passage is teaching us about this living, active, powerful Word of God. And the uh, first thing that I want us to understand that it most definitely gives us or is or should be the voice of authority in our lives. And I'd like you to, to listen carefully here for a second because this is so important that we remember what really becomes the important question about the Word of God. Maybe even more important than what you believe the Word of God teaching is, if, here's the question, if you believe that God says it, will you do it? Okay, you know, some people are, what do you think the Bible says about this? But they're kind of looking for an answer that goes along with what they already believe. My question is always, before I'm going to answer that question, are you going to listen to the Word of God? 
Are you going to accept its authority in your life? It is the voice of authority. Remember three times. My old uh, Bible college teacher used to, he had a little salivatory gland problem where he had too much saliva in his mouth. But he would always say, when the Bible repeats things, it is always for emphasis. Okay, and uh, we love to say emphasis, uh, but God is emphasizing that idea that we need to obey it, that we need to listen to the Word of God, that we need to do what it says. It is the voice of authority. Now, if we do not accept the Bible as the authority in the world, one of the things that we might accept is culture. It is very commonly people just basically, if everybody's doing it, that means it must be all right. Maybe we accept tradition. We have always done it that way and therefore it must be right here we go I have to preach to myself and those that are older the good old days this is the way we all have done it so therefore it must be right and how many times uh, does this become a point of conflict as far as church goes because one group is saying one thing another group is saying the other thing but in either case we're looking for our authority in culture or we're looking for our authority in tradition maybe we're looking at emotion as our authority if it feels good we're going to do what we want to do no matter what. Or maybe we are looking for our authority in reason. Hey, basically, this seems right to me. This seems to make sense. You know, I, I mentioned earlier many times we struggle with God's plan. We struggle accepting it. And I, I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this a little bit because when it comes to taking his authority, if it makes sense to us, we accept his authority. And, and one illustration I thought, a little while back I ran into a, a friend of mine. Uh, she's a young lady that um, uh, I mentioned before her dad was a best friend of mine and had passed away. And we were standing in Martin's supermarket. Count on us for, I'm sorry, I got into the uh, commercial there, sorry. Uh, but anyway, we're standing in Martin's supermarket and we talked for a little bit and, and finally it was not too long after her dad had passed away and she, she knew that my dad had passed away too, so she said, uh, she said, do you miss your dad? And my answer is going to be really callous, but I said, no, I miss your dad. But here's the, here's the reason that I think of that. When my dad passed away, I don't know how to say this, I, I heard, I don't mean it didn't hurt at all, but it, my dad's death made sense. Do you, do you know what I mean? His age in life, his situation in life, it just, it just made sense. It was kind of, I, I don't mean to be callous, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. It was just time. I, yes, I heard. Yes, I shed some tears, but did I miss him all the time? Oh, no, why did he go? No, I knew why he went. Uh, you know, it, it just made sense. Her dad's death, to me, made no sense. Still had kids in school, you know, uh, had one of six children that had been married and, you know, wanted, you know, to, to see them grow up and everything like that. Her dad's... So I have trouble accepting the authority of God if it doesn't make sense in my thinking. Would you agree with me on that a little bit? So if my authority is reason in life, if my authority is emotion, if my authority is tradition, the way we've always done it, I think we're going to have a hard time. We are going to wrestle with uh, accepting the authority of the Word of God. But it most definitely is to be in our lives the voice of authority. The second thing that we see in this passage is that it is a voice of reality. It talks about the fact that the Word of God digs into our life. It divides. It, it like cuts us open. And in that last verse that we read, verse number 13, it says that uh, we are like naked before the Lord because that is, that is, it reveals and digs into who we truly are. The Scripture says that it is like a mirror that we behold. Now, 
Um, Thursday evening, my wife and I were, were dr driving, and, and uh, we, uh, we decided to save a little time and eat dinner on the fly on the road and stopped at Arby's. We were coming up from Indi Indianapolis. We stopped at Arby's in Rochester, and uh, I don't want to offend anybody here, but I, I don't like Arby's fries. That, if that hurts you, if that offends you, uh, the curly fries, I just never like. They seem tasteless to me. Now, Culver's fr never mind. We won't get into fries for a real long time. But, uh, but anyway, so I always, when I get a sandwich at Arby's, which I like their sandwiches, uh, and uh, I got one of their, their sandwiches, I always get instead, I get an apple turnover to go with it. Anybody else apple turnover at Arby's? Nobody? You like them? They're good, aren't they? They are also the biggest mess. Uh, they flake and they crumble just all over you. So I'm driving down the road, I'm eating my apple turnover, and I just kind of gave up. I thought, you know, I'm driving, I have to pay attention to the road, I can't worry about crumbs falling all over, so I just had a good time. Well, this is Friday evening. Uh, I got up the next morning, I got a call from the bus garage that they needed a bus driver. So I got up, uh, the same pair of pants I'd worn the night before. Uh, I got in through the, through the zone, came in, drove the bus. Went back in, they called me for Friday afternoon, went back in Friday afternoon. I'm standing around there in the, uh, in the little bus garage, and some of the drivers are there. And they said, uh, and one, finally one of them says, okay, I have to say something. It was like this this morning. I have to tell you, you got icing all over your uh, keister. Uh, that might not have been the word that, they, that uh, she used. But, uh, but she said, she said you, uh, you're covered with icing. Aren't you going to do something about it? Uh, so... Uh, Needless to say, you know, I'd spent the whole day, you know, doing different things around different people. Uh, nobody had quite decided to point out that my apple turnover had decorated my posterior. Uh, and, uh, you know, they didn't want to but finally she's like, I can't take it anymore. It was like that this morning. Aren't you going to do something? Well, I didn't know it was like that. Uh, is it safe to say, and in the stupid illustration, but is it safe to say that we have a hard time sometimes seeing our own problems? Seeing our own faults, seeing our own, uh, even sometimes even seeing our own sins. We have, we have a hard time. We, we need some help. What the scripture says here is that God can divide right in and knows us better than anybody. You know, the, the uh, things that can go against this voice of reality is that we can most definitely be deceived by ourselves. And I, I find that you know, many times in my life in, in serious issues, you know, and sometimes somebody will point something out and I'll say, <laughs> you know, to my wife, honey, I'm not like that, am I? And <laughs> she just gets a quiet little smile, which of course means, yep, uh, you are de most definitely like that, but I can deceive myself. But the other voice that gets in there sometimes, we are often misread by others. And I want to say this because I think it's important that we see, uh, you know, really allow, allow the Word of God to dig into our lives, and when it says, when it shows us something, we read the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit illuminates something in our lives that we accept its authority because it is God who really knows us and gives us the real picture of ourselves, and many times we do not give our, the real picture to ourselves, and also we do not get it from others, because sometimes that criticism that comes in our life, and, and maybe you face this, but it's, this person doesn't really know me. Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't know me well enough to call me a fool. You get to know me a little bit better, fine. But right now, you don't really know me. And sometimes that criticism is coming from somebody who either doesn't know me or really doesn't like me at all. They don't have my best interest in mind. And I guess what I'm saying about the Word of God digging into our lives is it is coming from the one who knows us inside out. It is coming from the one who has our best interest in heart, who has demonstrated his love on a place called Calvary. Uh, when he laid down his life, I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. So therefore, when the Word of God points out to me that I have an issue, I ought to listen. Does that make sense? 
Okay, so the third voice I want you to see in this passage comes from the beginning of verse number 12. It is the voice of practicality in that it most definitely is alive. Okay, the word of God is living and it is active in our lives. Uh, one of the competing, well, now let, let me, uh, before we get to that, that for a second, um, if my Bible sits on my shelf, okay, that obviously isn't super helpful. You know, it doesn't, uh, it, I have a, somebody gave me a set of very expensive word study books that I have in my office back there. They're really nice high quality. In fact, I have two different sets, so you could take a word in the Bible and really dig into it. I have not taken them off the shelf probably in the last four years because now it's a lot easier just to type the word in uh, in the internet and find out. It used to be you spread out all these books and dug into it. Uh, those books uh, sitting on the shelf haven't really done me a, pe a bit of good unless somebody walked in and is impressed. <laughs> hey, I must be smart. Look at these books he has. I fold them, didn't I? Uh, but, uh, you know, they... Uh, they uh, Obviously, if the Bible is just sitting there, but also sometimes if the Bible is just being read and just, hey, let's see how much of this I, I can get and, and listen to, and there's no impact in our lives. We don't allow it to have any impact on our lives. Again, I, I'm wondering, you know, I, th I think we're missing the point. So the first, you know, I put down some voices that go against this voice of practicality, but is when we hear this idea that more is always better. Now, I think that was a you know, commercial they did for a while. More is better. But uh, when it comes to the Word of God, yes, I want to encourage you to be digging into the Word of God. But here, here's what I firmly believe. If you take one chapter, if you take one verse, if you take one truth and have it become part of your life that day, that really is a whole lot healthier than reading five chapters and putting it aside. So, you know, that's why when we started this Be the Branch, we had this little booklet out there. It just has one chapter from the book of Proverbs. I honestly, I don't care if you read through the whole chapter and check it off or anything like that. If you just read to the place where you say, hey, I have this truth from the Word of God, I want it to be part of my life. And we begin to, to see that come alive in our lives. The second competing verse is when we are told, hey, basically, when it comes to understanding the Bible, leave it to the pros. In history, we have a period of time that most everyone has heard of called the Dark Ages. One of the biggest things about the Dark Ages was this. The Word of God was not allowed into the hands of people. I mean, by penalty in some situations of death. Wait a minute. You cannot have a copy of the Scriptures. You're not allowed to have it because only the pros, only the clergy, only the priests can understand the Word of God. If you have it, it is a crime. Okay? The, op the message I'm giving you is the exact opposite of that. Okay, I don't want you to be reliant in any way on, on you know, me. Listen, here's how my Bible reading goes. Okay, when I open the Bible and I, and I start to read it, there are some things that I don't know how they kind of jump off the page to me. I say, wow, yeah, that's, that's just as clear as could be. I love that. That's good. That's good. I got that. There are some things I read and I go, hmm. <laughs> not sure what that means. There are a lot of things that over the time, over 40 years now that I have been on the road of following Christ, they become more and more clear. Anybody with me on that as far as the Word of God goes? You read it, and then you come back and read it later, and you say, wow, I never saw that before. That's awesome. 
to put it in the words of the donkey on Shrek, the Bible is in layers, okay, like parfaits and onions. Uh, but uh, there it is, and, and, you, and you get to the different layers, say, man, that is, that is awesome. I found that with Proverbs. Uh, you know, I was told as a kid to try to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. I don't know how many times I've read the book of Proverbs, but as I've opened it again this month and read through it, hey, I don't remember that. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's cool. So some things I read, and they jump off the page the first time I read them. Sometimes it's a matter of over time. I kind of get that, and, and, you know, it begins to sink in. There's some things that I still look at, and I say, I need help. And I dig in, and I, and I, I either get out a Bible, uh, study Bible, or I find somebody teaching it somewhere on Right Now Media or something like that, and I hear that, and I say, oh, okay, now that makes sense. And there are some things I still look at and go, okay, so am I any different than you? No, that's, I know that's exactly where you are too. You'll look at some things and you'll say, hey, okay, I get that, but I, I don't get That's where we all are as far as discovering the Word of God. So I, I just want to encourage you that, they, you know, don't give up and, you know, okay, wait a minute. This guy over here, he is such a profound teacher. I could never be that profound. Well, that guy's paid to sit and study the Bible all week. Okay, give yourself a break. And, and, and don't get, hey, it's not just, there are different levels and our understanding is going to grow. Let me show you some different things just as we've been going through Proverbs. I think it was Wednesday this last week, uh, we were on uh, chapter 15. And one of the verses that came up uh, right at the beginning, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, if you could take that one principle and say, hey, this is, uh, this is what I want to put in place in my marriage with my children, with this relationship at work. Uh, I've told this story before, but I'm going in, uh, what, there, there was a day a few years ago when this, uh, this was really on my mind, a soft answer turns away wrath. I'm pulling into a parking space, it was at Sam's Club, and I'm pulling into a parking space, just not really paying attention, which I often do. Uh, somebody pulled out, I pulled right in. As I got out of the car and headed in, I didn't realize there was a, a couple that was waiting for that spot. So they proceeded to explain to me that they had been waiting quite a while for that spot and that I just took it. And uh, they, they used some very colorful words uh, and expressed their concern to me. And honestly, my first thought, this is just where my mind goes, is to give them a nice smart aleck response. I really, this is the first thing crossed my mind. I wanted to say, do you guys eat with those mouths? Uh, you know, I, I really was like, I can't believe this. It's just thinking of a parking spot. And they gave me that. But it's like as I began to think, okay, wait a minute, a soft answer turns away wrath. Right away, I said, hey, I'm sorry. I said, I'll move. I jumped back in my car and rode and pulled away. And it was kind of funny when I ran into them in the store because it wasn't like they hugged me and said, oh, you're such a nice man. Uh, you could tell they still wanted a fight. You know, they, uh, uh, like that. But they had nothing. Do you know what I mean? It takes two people to fight. So if we give a soft answer, it kind of ends it. That makes sense. So, man, I, I look at how that applies. Another verse that same day, I love to say better, with, better to eat dinner with herb uh, where love is than a fattened ox. By the way, if you are a vegetarian, God bless you, but this is not your life verse. Okay, this is not saying it's better to eat vegetables than to eat meat. What it is saying is that fattened ox, that's good stuff. Uh, but it's saying but you're better off just eat, eating the vegetables and not having it all that, all that great uh, than, than to have this. Okay, and I think about this, I honestly, th this, this comes to mind, and I think about the richness of a home that is filled with love, you know, compared to whatever you throw in there, whatever you're eating, whatever dishes you're eating off of, whatever house you're living in, to have a house that is actually filled with love uh, is so much better. The, the home that may not have much, but where there is love, 
A um, couple days later, I guess this was Friday, Joyful Heart does good like a medicine. I was thinking about how many times, you know, we see that and how much there's a need just to have a laughter and a smile on your face and how healthy that is. I have a really uh, goofy illustration here, and uh, don't, don't take this wrong way up. Uh, but uh, when my, some of you know my wife, and she gave me permission to tell the story, she is rather famous for getting words wrong. Okay, uh, she just, you, it, if you know her and you listen to her a while, you don't correct her, you just, you just I know what she meant, uh, like that. But one, uh, when my wife was, I'm sorry, when my mother was in a hospice house, uh, there's an afternoon where we knew it was getting close to time, she was going to, she was going to pass away, and I said, hey, I'm going to go home, get some clothes, because I figure I'll be here for the night, and she and my daughter stayed there with my mom, and as I walked into hospice house, they were coming out of the room. And my, my, my wife just kind of shook her head and says, your, your mom's passed away. Just, just right then. And I said, okay. I said, I'll head in. She said, yeah. She said, I need to go outside and decompose for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, so <laughs> I could not help myself. Uh, I just had to start laughing. I just, like, and then if you knew my, my daughter does the exact same thing, and she goes, yeah, me too. Uh, and I was like, no. So here, that we hadn't even told the doctor yet. And uh, here's this guy over here, you know, laughing and, and uh, I get trouble. And, you know, my mom just passed away. Now, I'm not suggesting you laugh when somebody passes away. That's not the moral of the story. But I just remember how much it was just kind of broke the heaviness and the sorrow a little bit to actually laugh, uh, you know, for a minute. And there's so many times when you think just about the, the therapeutic uh, value of laughter. I'm sorry, I thought another one on, on 17. Even a fool. Uh, who keeps silent is considered wise. Okay, some of you remember the old Mark Twain quote that, uh, you know, it's better to keep silent and have people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all, all doubt. Uh, maybe you heard that statement. But I just think about that how when I don't have anything to say, how important it is that I don't <laughs> say anything because when you just get rambling, you say goofy things. And, uh, and you know, and yet yesterday... Um, uh, there's, a, there's a verse in the Proverbs that we read yesterday that says that the, uh, it's a fool for a man to answer a matter before he hears it. In other words, you get the whole story. And I just thought, man, there's so many things like that that we just, if we grab a hold of and say, hey, this is where this applies. And I want to challenge you now very specifically, this word is alive, which means it can be part of our daily lives. It can impact your relationship with your brother, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your uh, nasty in-laws, in <laughs> your lovely in-laws. Uh, you know, what, what, whatever, when we, when we learn to take the Word of God and apply its truth in our life, it's not designed to be sitting on the shelf. It's designed to be active and alive. Okay, if I, if I could take you back to, to what we looked at at the beginning, this list of five things that can help build our faith and get you to really think about this, this idea of how many pe people are going to be impacted by good Bible teaching and, and just get you to ask yourself a little bit, okay, where can I get more than what I get on Sunday morning? I, I, I want you to come because I think this is a big part of what God has for us to do. And I'm your pastor that is going to prepare the very best sermon that I can for you that will help you grow. But I am well aware that there are so many much better gifted Bible teachers and is out there. So where, where's that part of your life? Where's that practical teaching coming in? And where is that in that time with the Lord? Understand that this idea that God's word is the voice of authority. If God says it, I want to obey it. Uh, that God's word is the voice of reality. It knows me inside and out. So if God says it, this is coming from somebody who knows me and loves me, and I can trust it. 
and it is the voice of practicality too because it is not to be uh, accumulation of knowledge that I you know, that I put on the shelves of my brain but it is to be something that daily I am implementing into my life can I challenge you to look for that you know, maybe if you haven't yet, jump into Proverbs a little bit. By the way, chapters 15, 17, uh, great ones just to find different ideas that you could take. Hey, one idea. And, and it amazes me how much sometimes one idea can transform a relationship, can transform a life, that you, that you take some of these truths from the Word of God. So if I could encourage you to do that. Now, I was a little afraid. Actually, a little afraid Jason would be longer than what he was, so I, I didn't plan on singing at the end. I really like to sing at the end. Okay, it's, it's too late. We can do it? Oh, well, I can sing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an ending that we would never forget. Uh, apparently, we can sing a little bit. Okay. All right, yeah. I, I, think, I think we do have enough time to go ahead and close in, in a word. I do want to mention yeah, two things. One is, don't forget about right now, if you do want to get your address in on that, you can do it on the website or you can do it on the sign-up sheet here. And secondly, uh, hey, if there's anything, really, you just want somebody to pray with you or anything like that, we're around here afterwards and uh, would love, would love to do that. If you have any questions about anything you've heard or even if you heard outside of here and you have a question about it, we would love to have the opportunity just to talk to you for a few minutes. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.